The storm is coming. What did he just say? He said there's a storm coming. At the heart of the storm is a source of evil that will change their lives forever. I don't understand why you chose me. You want to change the world, son. So do I. People want to change the world, don't know how to begin. I start with a smile. Be honest. It's love! The super greed is love! Okay, just calm down. What the hell are we doing here, Harry? All you have to do is give me answers. Just, just give me the right answers. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Worship in the Storm. I'm your host, Emmanuel Kingman, and Mimi's here as well. Hello. And our co-host, Andy Rails. What up, Andy? What's up, everybody? How's it going, guys? Hey. Uh, doing pretty good. It is a Friday night, but I have work tomorrow, so, you, you know, that's not always the best, but it is what it is. I was off today. How about things with you? How's everything going? Oh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Just getting over the sickness. Everybody's been sick here. Everybody mm. I know in this area is pretty much sick. Mm. So good. We're all getting herd immunity, the real kind. So yeah, a lot good. of people, a lot of people have been getting sick around here as well. And we've been doing detoxes, uh, parasite detoxes, and we really haven't been getting sick. It seems like everyone else around us is getting it and we're just like okay you know we're all right now that's awesome yeah usually i don't get sick i mean if anything this is the time of year i get sick anyway i'll get like a couple of weeks of like a sinusy infection right. head cold type thing which is kind of what this was only a little more intense with some weird shit thrown in but it was confirmed as covid so yeah it was basically a flu that's that's kind of how i i put it you know and i don't i don't feel like it was necessarily any worse than any other flu i've ever had it just a little bit more it like to linger i'm yeah. still feeling it two weeks in you know did you have it at all is this the first time getting uh like during COVID? okay yeah this is the first time you know I, it was bound to get us at some point <laughs> yeah because we you know it's the whole point of living and growing your immune system and strengthening it just living out in the world so we were yeah. bound to catch it at some point and i was planning on it anyway kind of <laughs> was get hoping to get it over with you know what i mean yeah yeah and once you get it over with it's like whoo hmm. thank you yeah, <laughs> yeah for they us it was... antibodies and we're good yeah. Right. For us, it was like the body aches. Yeah, uh, the body aches. The Alka-Seltzer really helped so us for that. tired. Mm, yeah. 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 The body aches were vicious. The chills Energy were pretty draining. bad. Yeah. And yeah. I worked out uh, as soon as I could. I was exercising to get my body moving, to get active and have my cells do their thing. And I yeah. was only down for two days, I think. Yeah, nice. I missed work two days and then the weekend and then I was back. And I was like, yeah, I'm all right. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's hitting everybody differently, it seems, you know. Yep. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, like I said to you before the show, my wife and I both have said this thing feels like it keeps trying out random new things on us day to day. Like it yeah. just feels synthetic. It feels like a fake, yeah, ex- like a weird experience for sure. Like well, the variants are each like a little tweak. <laughs> a little yeah. tweak, a little tweak. And it's yeah. strange that uh, you know, 5G just rolled out uh, a couple of days ago. And mm-hmm. I mean, the thing with that, it's with the grounding of the airplanes mirroring 9/11 when you know when the planes crashed on 9/11 mirror effect 119 yeah. and planes aren't allowed to take off uh even maybe that's not even real you know it's just a very weird thing that it would be mirrored in that way i find that all of our synchronicities and coincidences that you know we like to focus on a lot Thanks, Nomad. It says that he hopes I feel better. Thanks, man. Yeah, um, yeah I find that all these synchronicities, um, it depends on how far down into your consciousness you are when you're thinking about them, because I think they're all very real and all of it's connected. So mm-hmm. even when people dismiss connections, that's more of a problem than paying attention to too many, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, we always so, get taught to like fear uh, being pattern seekers. Like, oh, right. humans are humans always like to create patterns. We always hear that. It's like, well, yeah. Why do we have an instinctual need to do that? You know, we always write it off as if it's some byproduct or an accident that we do that, and it's a bad behavior. Right. It's literally how we create and maintain our reality. Yeah, that's so, a life is a fractal nature. It's exactly. just a pattern. That's all it is. I mean, on larger and smaller scales happening over and over in different areas. Right. And I mean, that's just facts. That's just no matter how wacky, no matter how wacky those coincidences are that some of us conspiracy theorists bring up, uh, even the ones that I don't necessarily, even I roll my eyes at some of them. Yeah, but yeah. if I'm being honest with myself, I'm like, well, I'm not on five grams right now, or I'm not deep in a meditation or this or that. Because when you're in that realm, you see, you feel how everything has a reason why it's all connected together. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a feeling. You just know. It's just a knowing, a deep knowing. And the thing with the synchronicities, and we were just talking about this with uh, Andre Mitty yesterday. He Mm -hmm. he came on the What up, Andre? Yeah, I saw that. He's awesome. Yeah, and we were talking about. on On the witness as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's where we met uh, for the first time. Uh, So we were talking about angel numbers and how, you know, that's like the first step of awakening of synchronicities. You like you start to see numbers on the clock. You see numbers in your bill. You know, it'll just be that way. And you're like, is this what is this trying to tell me? And then you you, you get lost in that for a little bit. And then like you move on. Mm -hmm. And now I like I try to avoid numbers because (laughs) all it is is synchronicity. Like on my uh, mileage with my truck and my car, they'll sync up in the same day. So I really try not to look at the uh, the numbers. Uh, it's it's just strange. Yeah, my wife is ha- not haunted by, but followed by the numbers for sure. She like wakes up every night sometimes, every hour like two 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 three 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 four four yeah. four. She's like, I get it. 
is there any other way you could communicate <laughs> with me? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And she gets a lot of mixed signals. You know, it's like, well, that's telling you, you have to get up and meditate right then and there. And it's like, well, maybe, but come on, maybe you have a job to go to in two hours. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. You need to go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I, I don't even look at, at them as signs anymore. I'm just like, my consciousness just happened to look over at that time. Like I tried to discount that one because that that's one that you, you just so easily get caught up in that it's trying, like, what does it want? What's that number mean for me? The way that I read the world now is that my dogs or my cats, they'll do something. And I'm like, all right, who's going to do this next? And And that's what I look for. I look for consciousness to teach me, what's about to happen rather than just look for the mathematics behind it all. Right. Instead of seeing the little, instead of like, it's like you're looking at one of those, um, you know, connect the dot pictures and you're seeing all the lines rather than the dots. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, the dots are what everybody goes, Oh my God, what is, what are all these things mean? But <laughs> take a step back and kind of see where yeah. it's going. Kind of unfocus your eyes and you can see the lines. Yes. There it is. Yeah. yeah. I always say it's kind of like right off to the side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, in other news, you just hit your one year mark on mm -hmm. podcasting. Congratulations, my friend. Thanks, A big man. round of applause yeah. to you. Yeah. One year of podcasting. 56 episodes. Well, standard deep share episodes. Anyway, there's probably there's a bunch more of all of our stuff and mm -hmm. everything else. But yeah, it's been an awesome year. It's been possibly the best year I've ever had. So I'm hoping this one is even better. Yeah. It's uh, it's been really fun, and I appreciate everybody that's that's been listening and watching and supporting me, and it feels great. It's awesome. Yeah, Nomad said congrats, and he put some uh, clapping hands up there for you. Hell yeah, man! Isn't Thank that funny you. how these years are the best years for some people? Yeah, I remember hearing high school mm -hmm. was supposed to be the best years of <laughs> our lives, yeah. but I don't trust any of those people that said that. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good point. Uh, 2020 and 2021 have been the best two years of my yeah. life. Agree completely. Um, yeah. As challenging and uncertain as they they have been, oh, oddly yeah. enough, they've felt the most uh, fulfilling, enriching, and fulfilling. And yeah. it, and I've always had a mentality, and I'm not sure if I was you know subconsciously pushing myself like this just without knowing about it, but. You know, I always kind of say every time I have a birthday, I'm always like, life just keeps getting better. And it became a mantra without knowing it was really even a mantra over time. You know what I mean? And it's just been that way. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that bad things haven't happened. I mean, I'm stressed out every other week sometimes, you know, but overall, every birthday, I somehow am able to look back and go, this was better than the last one. Everything yeah. was better than the last one. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's, it's just good to, to have that mentality, I guess, or try to have that spark it, get it going, turn yeah. it into a pattern, make it your mentality. For sure. I think that the chosen or the elect as, uh, the Christian, uh, 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 what's that, uh, you know, the prophecy or whatever that's uh what they call it those people are the ones who are having the best time because we're awakening and we are taking back what is humanity's that has been taken from us 
mm-hmm. and we're just leading the way. So those, I mean, there's a mixture of things of why people are having horrible times. I mean, there's so many different reasons why things could be going poorly for somebody at this time. But I think the people who are the elect or the chosen, they're having the best time because it's coming to fruition. It's, this has been prophesied for, I mean, who knows how long time's actually been, but in all of our ancient stuff, it's always talking about this point in time, all of them that we're saying, you know, the, the awakening, however they call it and whatever religion or spiritual practice, this is that time. And yeah. we're having a good time and it's only getting better and better because yes. we're reaching our potential. Mm-hmm. We've broken free from, being stagnant and being the building blocks of society and now we are becoming the capstone and we will lead society out of this direct that we've been in yeah i like the way you put that you know and having um, a grandbaby coming soon like oh this year's gonna be so great wow no, i'm gonna be a granddad dude <laughs> that's awesome i'm so excited i'm getting are more gonna- excited the closer it gets i'm like it's coming it's coming <laughs> Are you going to be grandpa or papa? Pappy. Pappy. He wants to be Pappy. Pappy Emmanuel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, actually, so it's uh, Greek. I picked a Greek term. It's Papuli is the formal term. And then Pappy will just be, you know, the the everyday. (laughs) That's great, man. I was going to keep Mimi, but I'm not. I couldn't. When I went to sign the card at the baby shower, I was like, "Mm, this is weird. (laughs) I need a new name. I need a new name. Yeah. So Pappy and Grammy. Yep. Grammy and Pappy. Grammy. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't feel like a Grammy yet, but I can't wait. <laughs> that's exciting, man. That's that's a day in my future at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, it's not yes. my daughter. It's my stepdaughter. It's Mimi's right. daughter. She's actually uh, closer in age to me than Mimi is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. a nugget there. Uh, hey, that's yes. cool, man. Yeah. So uh, anyway, wh- <laughs> what is going on? Were you about to say something? or I can't remember what we were talking about. We were talking about something. But... The best year of our best life. Year. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just... <laughs> Yeah, I probably was going to say something, but who knows? It's lost in the ether. Uh, <laughs> you see any good movies right. lately? Uh, we just did, What did we just watch? Uh, we were trying to find the 355 just to see what the buzz is all about. Oh, uh, the uh, Matrix 4. We could talk about that a little bit because uh, it's interesting. Uh, so I want to hear your take on it because I saw that you weren't too happy with it. So uh, go ahead. Okay. Um, on the surface of things, as strictly a movie fan, I was disappointed in that it felt like Keanu must have intentionally decided that Neo now just acts exactly like Keanu Reeves. Whereas <laughs> Neo, we all used to accuse him of being an overactor in a lot of cases, even when we liked him. I loved Neo, mm. uh, um, Keanu. <laughs> Keanu Reeves in everything he's done, even when he's been a little cheesy or over the top. I've loved him. And Neo was a personality, a very specific uh, trying to be tough, but 
but uh, you know, a soft core and he had a lot of angles to him that Keanu, I think did on purpose in a, in a way because he's a good actor and became, was becoming a better actor. And now he's hit Christopher Walken stage of his life where he's just himself now in everything yeah, where I'm John crazy. wick is just, <laughs> yeah, he's just like John wick is just the fast version of him. It's like it, there's there was no neo left and even in those sequel the sequels to the original matrix even though the character was now in gnosis and understood more he had more confidence and and wisdom about him he still was that that young open-minded kind of curious soul and i didn't see any of that person that personality that Keanu pushed out 20 years ago on the screen this time. I saw mm. Keanu Reeves kind of winking at the camera in my yeah. opinion. I um, agree with that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's point one. <laughs> <laughs> point two was just the awkward story itself i don't know i wanted to really like the inclusion with video games and i think there are some angles in there that we could probably talk about mm -hmm. um you know you give me your opinion on it and i'll it'll probably spark something in me as well because i'm obsessed with i love video games i always right. have it's been a way of of relaxation for me of uh thoughtful inquisition to all kinds of different angles of thought i love video games and even now with my psychedelic mind or whatever that i've combined with my like of video games over the years it's like okay it it there's something to explore there you know but the additive of video games in the way they did it yeah i don't know i it was very odd and yeah. i just felt like I'm also, I need to see it like a second and third time, I think, even though I don't really like it, because I think there was a lot there that I'm going to realize seeing it again and again. Yeah. Because there was a lot of stuff there that I'm staring at the screen. I'm looking back at Kate going, something's happening here, but my brain's not working around it yet. <laughs> but I don't like what's happening here. Yeah, you know, I need to see it lines, a second or third scenes, time. <laughs> yeah, certain things that were going on. I'm like, uh, this is saying something and I can't quite put my finger on it right now and I don't like it. Did you, know? uh, you say it in theaters or did you watch it at home? I watched it at home. I, okay. have, I fell asleep I in the theater in the middle a <laughs> little bit. Well, I was I asked because so when we went, the theater was full, but I guess they must have been going to Spider-Man. Uh, uh because the parking lot was full. Yeah, the parking lot. Yeah. Our mm. theater was just us and an older couple. So it was weird. Uh, and Damn. I heard I heard somebody else talking on a podcast and he was like, yeah, I was the only one there. So it was like extra weird. It felt like it was directly for me because no one was in a movie theater. And it's like, how do movie theaters even stay open? Like nobody <laughs> goes anymore. Hell, that's so weird. I know. And I love the theater. It's just laziness yeah. and exhaustion. And <laughs> and, and it's like a hundred dollars for popcorn. Yeah, dude. Yeah. If you want to have a real fun, gross, unhealthy movie experience, it's like 40 bucks <laughs> for two. No, like maybe more if it's like two people. Especially it was only 25 bucks because we caught the, uh, uh, what the, the matinee, yeah. Yeah, matinee. I went. 
Well, you are about to be grandparents. It's appropriate <laughs> to see the matinee. Touche, touche, my friend. I want to go to <laughs> Nomad's uh, comment over there because I know Todd has lots to say about that. Well, he, well, so he said, it. was it the future you and Mimi? Is that what you're talking about? Yes, because <laughs> you talked about this a lot. Because when I said I fell asleep, you had a completely okay. different view. Yeah, let Andy. I want on. Andy to finish uh, his take on it before <laughs> okay. you know we get, into, we get into it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to hear your takes because um, it'll probably, like I said, spark more of what I'll, I'll remember from the film. Yeah. But um, one thing I really was, I'm torn about. I'm still, I'm torn about how I feel about the philosophy behind it in general is this idea that they are pushing into the matrix, which of course they're trying to do more of them. That ending was clearly a setup oh, yeah. for another one where Trinity is going to be the superhero and Neo's going to be like, yeah, take me with you. Well, and um, the Merovingian, <laughs> he actually said that uh, they're setting up a sequel at the, his one scene. He said they're setting right. up a, a second sequel or whatever. Exactly. And of course they would tell us that, you know, mm -hmm. um, shit, where was I going? Um, yeah. So, um, they decide to bring in this theme that we need to, and I know you and I touched on this, we need to uh, reflect and reconsider what our side really means. Yeah. Because apparently Neo's amazing sacrifice from the original films has turned him into like Wreck-It Ralph level superhero in the video game world because some machines also have woken up mm -hmm. to the corruption and the evil of the machines. And there's a lot to say about that whole thing on good and bad, I think, in a lot of respects. Yeah, um, that, that was definitely weird that it was... Uh, we have to change the definition of our side because now the machines have become sentient and want to help the people. They they realize what they were doing and they don't want to do that. It mm. seemed like a desperate last uh, plead to don't make everything cease to exist. You know, like they're begging God almost, like don't don't kill us all because of some bad uh, apples. You know, I know it's weird. It's like one. You know, Apple computer saying this. It's very weird. Yeah. You know, it's like because it begs the question are we going to just completely leave out the argument that, you know, of like the hard problem of consciousness itself and ignore the question of are they even really sentient? Is, is that even possible? Because while, you know, many people are running wild with AI and and think that way what's what's the framework of deciding whether or not it's going to be true or not whether these be these this artificial intelligence is considered sentient like are we going to be changing the definition of sentience or it, it's a big it's a conundrum in that one scene to me <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's for sure um no. overall though yeah at the uh from what I can remember, yeah, other than that, it kind of felt like this was Trinity's movie more than it was Neo's, uh, almost. And, or at least they shoved that in as much as they could, maybe in, in write ups and edits or something. But the ending was clear that, you know, 
it's almost like it's going to be a new world. It's, I don't know, man. Yeah. yeah let's like, go on. Let's get to your takes on it. Cause I want to remember more of the film. I think I've blocked a lot of it out. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot a lot of it too. When I was listening to the podcast talking about, it, I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that part. So <laughs> I think I probably will have to watch it again. So for me, like we all see ourselves in different things. We're the, uh, the main character of our own story. So for this, it really hit home for me as, oh, okay, this is for me. Uh, we share the same initials, Thomas Anderson, Todd Armstrong, uh, change the name, Neo, Emmanuel, you know? So that whole thing right there, it's like, okay, you know, I see this is about me. 20 years ago, I went back to sleep. I knew 9-11 something was up. And then I was given the blue pill. I was taking Xanax a lot. The blue pill, 30s, uh, Perk 30s, which are also blue. I was given the blue pill and I was an addict for a while and I forgot everything. And then I had to get off of it. And also Mimi, if, uh, uh, you know, her real name isn't Mimi. And the same thing with Trinity, her name was Tiffany and she didn't like the name Tiffany. Uh, and Mimi didn't doesn't like her uh, given name as much. So that's why she's called Mimi. So it was like... I saw this whole angle there and it's also, you know, she helped me realize who I am when we linked up, like when we met each other, there was just something there that, that we didn't let go of. And I stepped out of the matrix by moving 750 miles to Georgia. Like I, that was his leap of faith moment, uh, so to speak. So there's all these synchronicities that lined up. So I really connected with it, but I, I agree with what you said about Keanu. And I took it as that he was old, uh, supposed to be playing old anyway. You know, I don't know mm-hmm. if he, th- this was purposely done or anything, but he was playing as if he didn't have it in him anymore. And that's, I think, why Trinity became the hero, because Neo just didn't have the belief. And because Neo is the main character, then God had to write in that someone would have to save him and who else would it be, but the person that he saved before. Mm. So, uh, there's this thing where, all right, you have the Merovingian and and you're familiar with the Merovingian line being Jesus's line. Okay. Well, I think blue bloods. Yeah. I think that the Merovingian line is actually was some, uh, necromancy that Pontius Pilate, uh, did some necromancy and made this made a spirit come back into that the body that died in some sense uh and there was now this fake person pretending to be christ and so he moved to france and had children and whatever so what the merovingian represents he comes in and he's saying that you stole my life you you made this happen uh, and it's a really important part of the movie and it's a, such a small part, but he says to him, you killed art and culture. So you got to look at Neo as Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. So th- th- that's how the whole movie set up. This is a right. whole, the whole thing's Christian actually, you know, the way right. that they do it. Always. Yeah. So the Merovingian is saying you, Jesus killed me which is not just art and culture. He's represented himself as art and culture, but he was this savior that everyone looked to, that they treated him like a king, right? And then you also have to go back to when uh, 
the passport expired in 9-11, right? His, in the original one. So Neo being alive past 9-11 means that the reset didn't take place the way that it was supposed to. So this mm-hmm. brings up the whole reset issue that we're in right now. So Neo being alive killed the reset that was supposed to take place. And oh. yeah, so now we get into who the analyst is. The analyst is Lucifer. And the adversary is Smith. Satan is Smith. Right. So, so you have the Trinity, the trio of Antichrist are all represented. You have the analyst, Lucifer, Satan uh, is Smith, and then the fake Christ is the Merovingian. So they're all represented in this, and it all revolves around Neo. And Smith actually helps Neo stay alive because Smith is part of the machine. He's the adversary and he needs Christ because he doesn't exist without Christ. He's obsolete. So he doesn't, the time doesn't apply to him. So when the analyst stops time and moves it around, he can still, that's how he helps them because it doesn't apply to him because he's part of the machine. So the, Ooh, when the yeah. analyst made it, he didn't make it to stop the adversary he only made it to stop the good guy. So then Smith right. ends up helping him. Mm. But but the analyst, Lucifer, still always needed Jesus because right. it was the, the true love. Without Jesus, uh, and the Trinity is the church, or uh, just, you could say, the female perspective. Mm. So Jesus needs to be close to the church, but couldn't be with them. It had to be at arm's length. Because if they ever get together, then it kills the Matrix. And if they're ever not there, then nobody has hope and nobody cares to participate in the Matrix. So he had to keep them close, but he couldn't let them touch. And now that they're that he's still here, or you know, Neo's still here past the time of expiration, then that means that they're going to merge and the machine's going to end up breaking down if, you know... That they won essentially, which is weird because M- Mimi and I got together. She moved away 20 years right before 9 11. She moved away, and we're from the same little county. And then we find each other, yeah. So, that's crazy. Yeah, so it's again, 20 it's years later, yeah. It's this whole thing, uh, is going on. You know, it's funny your synchronicity, um, about going back to sleep, mm-hmm. I didn't even consider myself and i have talked about my story many times on many podcasts about how i was wide awake yeah a long time ago and tripping balls all the time and Mm -hmm. talking conspiracies and aliens and then when there was no community around when no one believed when i was the crazy guy at that time in my life i just decided to put my whole self into a bottle and watch the world burn on my front lawn with a, in, in a lawn chair. Like that was my mentality. And mm-hmm. that was me going back to sleep, watching the world burn, knowing that it's burning and just trying to party with everybody that doesn't realize it's burning. Yeah. And yeah, this pandemic woke me up too. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, my wife and I, you know, found each other six years ago, but oddly enough, our story's interesting and weird too, because we knew each other long ago and it's, there's a synchronicity about how we finally got together. And it's just, 
it's interesting. You made me think about that, how, you know, uh, often, of course, the Jesus story, the Christ story, the hero with a thousand faces, what, however you want to look at this, of course, you, you can kind of see your life reflected right in it. It's, it's uncanny and it happens seemingly with everybody that, you know, gets there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so with the, when I, was realizing all this i'm like oh this is about me you know this is god has made this for me and it's not a self it's not just me of course it's many people but when i'm watching in that way it really meant something to me and i start putting these pieces together i'm like oh that's lucifer that's satan that's the fake antichrist that's jesus that's mary uh which is a another thing you know mimi's real name is margaret margaret mary you know it's a kind of a a close thing and we have the the feminine you know all these spiritual communities they always talk about the feminines rising it's the feminines turn you know that's how it's all represented Mm -hmm. which is you know it's true i don't know to what degree it's programmed in everybody or not because they're the watch wachowski brothers became the wachowski sisters right and only one of them's involved this time around right oh was it i thought they were both in it or both a part of it i didn't know there's only yeah There was some article like why the other one didn't move. I'm just, eh, I didn't even want to read it. I just uh, can't. I can't. I guess what it, I don't even trust what they, what any of them write, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. So I did think that it was kind of weird. I actually, it was weird how they made Morpheus. I understood it. I think Lawrence Fishburne probably didn't want to do it. Or That's the thing. We have two yeah, actors that. that- they literally had to build part of this story around. Yeah. And even if maybe it worked out to the story's benefit in some ways, maybe we could spin it that way, but they had Smith to make up for two award-winning actors that decided to not come back. You yeah. know? And I feel like Keanu was always going to come back. He's always down. He's yeah. just, he'll make a thousand John wicks, not for the money, just for the fun of it. And yeah. because his fans like it, that's how he is. So I expect him, doesn't matter. He's a list, but then you look at Larry Fishburne come a long way since Larry Fishburne, but you know, <laughs> these guys that, and uh, Hugo, whatever the hell his name was, I can't remember his name. Yeah, but I don't know his name. Those two are pretty intense actors to turn that down. You know, it was, it's yeah. weird yeah but i mean as far as being a fourth movie and the first one in 17 years or whatever it's been i think that the the storyline was decent enough it, i mean it's as good as it's you're gonna get out of anything in yeah, the way that they better, transitioned yeah it's probably better and more trippy and and more interesting than any movie i've seen over the past year or two now i'm sure some people might scream through the screen at that like there's plenty of better you know i'm sure but you know it it was made i think they knew that hey we can't we can't phone this in because we'll everyone's going to be furious if the matrix gets phoned in so they did a decent job across the board as like a whole movie i'd say you know yeah but. yeah so yeah i just i liked the, the the relatability it had for me and especially when it came out and we were in the mountains you know on vacation I got to see it and in, in that theater with just another older couple so when she was falling asleep now i'm always having psychic things happen to me i mean i just i can't go anywhere i can't go a minute in the day without things happening to me so mm-hmm. when i'm feeling things 
I wasn't surprised that she told me she was falling asleep because I'm feeling that she was being upgraded. I had no idea. I didn't look over. She didn't appear to be sleeping to me. I'm just looking at the screen, but I could hear and understand that she was being upgraded at that moment. And then she told me she was sleeping. I was like, oh yeah, that's how it happens. Like the, you get put to sleep. You can't really handle it. The etheric surgery is, that's what I experienced. And many people do, but people talked about, talk about getting zapped that all of a sudden they have to go close their eyes and go take a nap because you're going to be transitioned in a way that you can't experience it being awake. But I practice being awake in the sleep world so often that I just experience it being awake because there's not really a difference to me anymore. So that's, is that like lucid dreaming almost? Is that relatable at all? I it's probably the mirror effect of lucid mm. dreaming. It, it's probably like, you know, like when I, it's not that I can't tell the difference between sleeping and awake. Obviously I can. And I stopped doing drugs and everything because I was like, okay, you know, I can't smoke weed. I, and then I stopped smoking uh Delta eight. I stopped taking gummies, the Delta eight gummies because I was like, okay, that's what's doing it to me. But mm. it's not, I don't do anything anymore. If I exercise, uh, you know, then I'll have to close my eyes and bow my head. And then I'll feel uh, if I read the Bible, it's just anything that I do, really, it just really connects me. I have these crazy visions, but my I've cleaned out my vessel so much that I don't need to put anything in it in mm. order to have these great experiences. Yeah, my my good friend who's a long time deep practiced meditator um <laughs> yeah we used to work together and he'd just like walk by me and just be like and i'd be like you all right and he's like yeah i'm just having a moment <laughs> always having a moment because you know and he's this guy that would you know was so practiced that you know he would slip into his meditative state extremely easily and the the things he would come back with just blew my mind you know it was really inspiring because he was always so humble so when i was skeptical he was the right person to kind of push me in that right in that right direction you know yeah but yeah let's see what else what other movies have i been seeing have you seen uh don't look up yes that's what i was thinking yeah so i saw don't look up and i really loved it and i thought i was gonna hate it I was mad at it, just like I was mad at Squid Game. I didn't even want to look at it. Didn't I didn't even watch that. Squid Game. I didn't, you know, again, as a as a movie freak lover, I'm one of those guys, like, people talk about it too much. I'm like, eh, maybe I, I don't even want to ever. It's just going to, I'll hear about the whole thing eventually, you know. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, with this, I just reluctantly put it on, and it was a masterpiece start to finish in my opinion yeah the allegory that it stood for which i think many people will look at the allegory in a number of different ways it's very much a mirror like a funhouse mirror sort of situation with that movie because i'm sure a lot of people uh would watch it and see the metaphor as the asteroid or the comet coming as the covid 19 virus or something mm -hmm. or the end of us through a horrible scary pandemic um i saw it the total opposite way which was that was of course the mandates the vaccine total control but of course you step back and you realize it's really not about these 
particular materialistic issues. It's really about what's happening to us, uh, to our consent, to our to our spirit, to to everything that's going on now. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it, the whole thing, or or mm-hmm. at least okay, cool. And I know it's been clipped and advertised on YouTube, the scene where Leo finally has it, has enough of it and loses it on national television is just yeah. starts screaming. The president is fucking lying. <laughs> I yeah. think we're all going to die. <laughs> like this. Admi- I don't know if this administration has lost its mind. It, the speech was epic. I think as weird and creepy as Leo seems to be, the man can fucking act and always has. And that was oddly enough, in my opinion, one of the best performances he's given in a very long time. Meanwhile, it's one that's like not being talked about at all when it comes to awards or anything. Hmm. So that's an interesting one, but yeah, I loved it. I think the allegory stood for people not paying attention and not educating themselves and being oblivious because of all the distractions, Hmm. regardless of where your line in the sand is when it comes to what's going on out there right now. You know, it was really a big allegory about how far we've drifted. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it was, I found it interesting. Uh, I've, I think Leo did a good job acting, like you said. And uh, what's her name? Uh, the lead actress. Yeah. Yeah. She Jennifer good, Lawrence was really yeah. good too. Yeah. Yeah. But she, they made her look weird. You know, they chopped up her hair in a weird way. I love, dude, they made her look kind of like punk yeah. i guess like neo punk and i just kind of loved all the the insults that jonah hill was throwing at her yeah, I, yeah. I was what if we have to use the bathroom oh we're gonna roll down some newspaper for you no problem yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, i think say it was weird because it was like an allegory for covid a little bit and they were making out uh jonah hill and uh in the sun yeah being trump's son and uh the president was trump and right they switched it (laughs) yeah but the thing that really bothered me about that is that they said that the the people following the president were saying no don't look up they're saying no just trust trust what the president's saying when we're actually saying no Mm -hmm. don't like okay whatever trump's saying that's one thing but look, we want you to look. If we're not saying don't look, we're saying look. So it really bothered me that they tried to switch it. Yeah, well, I, I, it was almost poetic. It's almost like at this point, you got to like almost appreciate the beauty in the way they swindle artists into making these movies for them yeah. because it was just so brilliant the way they did that. How, oh, the ones tr- telling you to ignore everything was actually, if you're trying to directly compare it to this current situation, of course, they're trying to, you know, switch it on us and make Trump and all them be the, you know, the ones. Of course, we can't forget about warp speed. Let's let's not forget. He was the one that's been pushing these vaccines. And without him, they would have taken a lot longer to get to everybody. And he's still pushing them like crazy and boosters. But yeah, regardless of that, it's interesting that we can make that direct comparison so easily and go we want to align ourselves with the with that that crazy administration but they were saying the right thing at the time this movie switched it you know what i mean because yeah. it's like we don't want to align ourselves with it's i that's why i called it poetic because it's yeah. like they knew that a lot of us were gonna oh they switched it on us 
where the good guys are the bad guys. It's like, yeah, but none of them are the good guys. You right, know what I mean? Right. The good guys are represented as these humble scientists that are just getting trampled constantly in their lives, uh, distracted, manipulated and ruined, you know? Yeah. So that was, it was interesting how they did that. I love that. That, um, and of course, I think that's why this movie is so uh, not really in award territory because it was kind of an assassination on Republicans. If people didn't get the bigger metaphor, it was clearly just shitting all over the Trump administration and shit like yeah. that, and that relationship and all that. Well, how about if it's also, is it foreshadowing for when Kamala Harris becomes president and an asteroid is actually coming? <laughs> Oh God! I see. I see a little <laughs> bit of foreshadowing with that yeah. as well. And she would have some dumb kid as in, in all these different uh, meetings that would be doing stuff like that. So I see it in multiple ways. I'm trying to figure out what's happening, uh, but yeah, it was. I mean, it would be great if scientists were starting to do. I mean, if that was a real scenario, and I think it might. <laughs> It might be, you know, I don't believe uh, rocks fly through space uh, because I don't think deep space is a real thing. But is there a possibility that something is coming down, is descending down from other realms that, and it does come downwards like that and they're trying to stop it? And do I think that they would be stupid enough to try to profit off of it because like Elon Musk is doing all the space link stuff and, and right. all that. I think that's a, a possibility, but what is coming, I think is probably judgment. Uh, and they, that's what they want to stop. So I don't know that there would be a rock hurling from space, but I think that there is some kind of thing going on in our sky in the sun's up there and the moon's up there they can just throw yeah. them up you know throw three moons up throw a sun up yeah with well, china so um so to to me as someone who kind of my curiosity is still wide open i just let's say we got a comment from nomad NASA is expecting an asteroid to come very close to Earth in 29. They are calling it Apophis. Well, yeah, Apophis has been around for a long, long time, and it's passed by us many, many times. And, yeah, it's going to come closer. I don't know how much closer, even does hypothetically. Do us? It does. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, kind of, so that's what I was about to say. Where my curiosity about the shape of the Earth and all that, that whole argument is so open-minded right now at this point. I'm wide open. I'm okay with anything, um, including the idea that maybe some of what's up in our skies is real. And, you know, it's kind of like Stanley Kubrick's trick with the fake backdrops. He mastered the art of putting foreground with a fake background. Um, the foreground is real. The background is fake. So, okay, let's go with the idea that deep space isn't real doesn't mean we can't have a working situation going on on a local level, right. local just being much bigger than we think or something. But let's just play with the idea that all these yeah, things are bigger. real right now. Yeah, there's multiple objects, you know, even if everything's just going around us. There's shit that comes back around over and over again, like the Torrid right. Meteor Stream. The reason why we have all of our 
scientists, even the guys that get shadow banned for years and discredited by mainstream, like Randall Carlson talking about the geology behind the impacts on the earth and stuff like that. There's patterns that this has happened over and over again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can take that and go down every possible rabbit hole all the way out to simulation theory. Is that the, is that the end game? Is that the kingpin that just comes in and knocks it out once the simulation gets too out of control? Uh, you know, you could literally yeah. go into the unreal, the extra weird, the, the normal geology and physics uh, that we even sometimes can still accept here and there. There's stuff going on, but there is a lot of fear out there too. There's a lot yeah. of, it's it's a hard mix of, of right. well, this is some real science, but then this fear mongering over here that makes it sound really scary. Well, they're using this comet per se in this story. Meanwhile, this comet is yeah, it's coming by, but it's not going to come within you know 4.5 million miles of Earth, and that's still considered a near miss. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, it's weird. A lot of it seems to be written in in even uh, in crop circles. There's this whole theory behind this series of crop circles that all suggest uh, a time frame, which is late 2020s, uh, with the Earth missing from the solar system as symbolic, like it gets knocked out by yeah. some. So this this mm -hmm. whole thing, and there's many authors that I really like who like to constantly bring up that fact in every interview they do about this is coming and this is this is what everything's saying and that are they pushing that for a reason though you know that's that's they, what i'm saying you know i like yeah. these authors that i'm talking about but at the same time question <sighs> everything yeah you kind of got it it's like okay it's weird that a lot of things do line up in the past with some cosmic events that are going on now it just the fear part is misplaced and doesn't line up with at least at least what we're being told. But if you want to go the other way with that, it means we are going to get hit and they're lying to mm -hmm. us about it. But that means no one's got a telescope that can look up and see this thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's interesting that so the way that I uh, see everything is that it's a fractal nature of life, like we were saying, and that the shape of the earth has to be like a human in some sense. Uh, it's on a grand scale, but it has to be that way. Uh, all of creation is that way. Where yeah, the there's image something of God, about there's something about it that yeah. is the perfect configuration. Yeah, right. And uh, when we look at our cells and our body, they could not escape our body and be alive. Right. That they they would die, so we couldn't escape this place and be alive. I like we that. would. Yeah, we would have to grab onto something else we would have to somehow become something else so that we could uh leave this place so when i see like there's these near-earth objects and all i think that they're on an outer ring of this fractal nature like i'm a human but there's another human that i'm within that's larger than me and then there's one that's larger than that and, and it's not you know each one isn't hugely different until you know eventually it is eventually it's the shape of the earth and and we all gather and we're the cells of it so 
outside of the earth is another larger level, I believe. So that there's objects probably moving all throughout, uh, just like we have things in our human bodies that are moving all throughout. So yeah, I I I like that. that. Yeah. And I think that things are always moving in these patterns because that's just what they do. Like if it's, if we're around a head, if we're the head, right then something's just going around and around and maybe it's elongated because we're in an elongated head. So it goes oblong shaped and it, or egg shaped and rather than just being a sphere. So yeah, uh, that's like Apophis coming back to us. That's how I really say it is it's something like that. And I think that there is something that's coming that may shatter our firmament. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is, and when when we uh you we were talking about Randall Carlson, see there's a lot of different people who have a different take on it and and not being comets or meteors, and they say that it's actually sun rays uh mm-hmm. that cause these nano diamonds that it's scarring. actually yeah, yeah, and the scarring yeah that it's actually more likely that it was just the sun because I think the sun blasts down every so often and and raptures humans maybe separates the wheat from the tares however it occurs you know there's different terms for it but i think that that happens so that that's what causes these scarrings because i think the sun is within our uh firmament i don't think Mm. it's outside of it and what mimi was saying super weird that china has the artificial sun going and has three artificial moons and right. is blocking out the sky. And I really think that they're doing that because I, with my connectedness to Jesus, what I've been picking up on and been saying for two years now is that I think judgment is coming at the end of this decade. And I think that they're afraid to be judged. So they're doing their best to block him out. And uh, when he comes to judge on the whatever the white throne of judgment or however it's termed, yeah i i wonder about that often about our you know our big cabal our evil the evil people out there you know we talk about um uh revelation of method often with uh you know the karmic angle and everything but we don't often talk about the idea that they are bully children who are slowly getting caught in a lie and they're just trying to live it up before they finally get caught perhaps something along those lines where i think i've talked about it here too about um the you know project looking glass with um i think we talked about that on an earlier episode of worship in the storm about that ex-military guy saying yeah they know that their demise is inevitable and all they can do now is just play as many uh moves as they possibly can before checkmate dude i just got something yesterday about this that i was connecting with an energy and uh what it was telling me what this energy was saying was why would i change when he'll show me grace whenever right so when he comes back i'll just change my mind then but until Mm. then i'm gonna keep doing what i'm doing dude and this okay You did you get that? No, you couldn't have because you've changed your life completely over the past couple of years. So you were just witnessing that idea. Meanwhile, 
you were probably here in my fucking thoughts because I battle that shit all the time being even wide awake. As I always say, you know, I mean, you can be plenty aware of this world and not doing the, not still not there yet. You know what I mean? It's constantly, it's just a progress thing, you know, and I'm, I'm constantly working towards it and I'm constantly trying to avoid saying that shit about my bad habits or this or that. It doesn't, you know, you don't have to necessarily, um, like not everybody has to tie it to Jesus necessarily, but there so many people out there are, are saying that shit mm-hmm. and they're just avoiding this mm-hmm. judgment th- yeah. at the very end of it all. Like, well, and I think it's so cosmic for us and so central and so big because it's our life that it's not just some little instance in our life that we're white lying our way out of. It's you're lying to yourself and you're going to have to face yourself at the end of this thing and God, whatever, like, but that's the thing. Like, it's such a great metaphor that, you know, shit, you're lying to your, when you lie to other people, you're only lying to yourself. You know what I mean? The only one is, is seeing it is right here. And so, yeah, I, I resonate with that, that fear, that, that lack of wisdom right there because that shit is a bad voice in a lot of people's heads trying to just postpone the inevitable. Yeah. 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 And you know, it's, it's very strange that someone would take that stance. Now this energy that's telling me this, uh, saying I don't have to change until then what, what I heard rebuttal to him, uh, was that that's not going to work. It's what is actually inside you that counts. It's uh, your words are meaningless. It's, right. it's, you're going to be judged for what's in you. And if you don't have it in you, then you're going to not move on with us. You're going to burn uh, in hell eternally. You're going to cease to exist. However, you know, however it works out, mm. it's we, those who are, have it in them will move on to another stage, eternal life. And those who don't will not. So let's talk about that. I, I, so this is a conundrum I come to a lot because it, uh, it feels like, yeah, it, it feels like that's what all the religions are possibly talking about. You know what I mean? Where even when you think about burning eternally in hell, you almost think of it as like, like burning off the remnants of something that, you know, it's like a, ironically the only example i can think of is a rocket blasting to higher atmosphere and all of the shit that can't handle it just burning off you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it's yeah i don't know it's it's like it's god is refining yeah something purifying fire oh it's yeah it's a constant refinement back to the one or something like that so what weird what I get on the lake of fire because, and I've actually dealt with the lake of fire a few different times in meditations and helping people uh, out with different situations is that it's a tear in the fabric of our reality. That if you were to just be able to cut a hole right in front of your face through the fabric of reality and were to open it, it would be some sci-fi. It would look like a lake of fire that you cut open and now it's burning and then you have to put it back together so when i see that the lake of fire i see they get thrown out of our existence that they can't hang in this fabric of reality 
anymore. So they go down lower. Now, I think that they probably be, go back to stage one of consciousness, which is being a dead planet or dirt or whatever is minerals, uh, that first layer of consciousness mm, for millions subtleties. and millions of years. That's until, called suffering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's eternal. And that's eternal suffering because it doesn't end until that whole, uh, all that dirt wakes up and the dirt doesn't wake up until the rest of consciousness wakes up. So it's like an eternal thing. You have to work your way up from that. Then you have to be all the plants. Then you have to be all the animals. Interesting. Then you get back to humanity and you get a chance again. So uh, yeah, I, think I do feel that. I feel that there is some sort of cycle process that, you know, you don't just get to jump back into this one. I don't think mm -hmm. there's right. a, I don't think there's a soul trap. That's, I don't know. Of course I contradict myself too when, yeah. because some of my experiences do feel like uh, very close to what Alan Watts says in one of his little speeches. He kind of suggests that, you know, imagine, well, he says you, but I can even say it as like, imagine God is endlessly dreaming and you know, eventually he gets bored and he wants a surprise. So you end up where you are now, you know, thinking it's all real and taking it seriously when it's it's not or something, something along those lines. And I know that that's yeah. not the whole story because this is a very real experience. But at the same time, those two, for me, it's not between atheism and God. It's more this idea of absolute utter importance in religious practices in order to ascend and get it right or be burned away versus this other idea of, and I, like I said, I've spoken to many near-death experiencers who come back and just say, all the worry falls away. You just wake up. It's just, so I'm constantly in my personal life, very torn by that. And I think that's maybe that division in my head is that voice saying, well, you can make up for this later or something like that, because it's why am I asking the question? I'm asking the question of, do I have to take shit seriously or not? That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Do I have to take shit? Do I really have to meditate more than I do? Do I really have to do this? But do I have to break through this? Do I have to learn this ancient art before right. I fucking die or else I'm doomed? Mm -hmm. Or do I just wake up and all the worry falls away and we are all part of God and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't think anyone has it right. I think a lot of us have some really solid ideas that we need to keep putting on the table and keep aligning with what is uh, fitting together. And yeah still keep shedding away the ideas that aren't fitting anymore and still you know what i mean because yeah. it does seem to be there's something there i don't know what you think of of that I, yeah i and i've had these experiences too that oh i'm having this experience again that this is happening again but the more that i connect the more i realize that that's when i'm tapping into the body because the body only does this thing over and over the body if you imagine as an npc it's just programmed to do the similar types of things over and over because there's so many different simulations all over and this is what we call planets so this is what we think of but they're all earth they're all simulations they're all very similar to what we're going through and when we connect with the body 
we think that everything's happening over and over. And to me, the boredom thing, I, I think I have a problem when I hear that more these days because I know that demons say that. I know that fallen angels trick people and say that because to demons, now they're programmed to not have uh, morals the way that we do so that good and evil doesn't exist to them that they're bored and they want any existence so it doesn't matter what existence they have but they just want something so that's where like the boredom thing uh give it rubs me the wrong way because i feel like someone's getting that information from an unnatural source that is telling them and it sounds correct there because they're saying you're an infinite being but if i'm an infinite being then why don't I know everything right now? Not that I'm not an infinite being. I, I think I can become infinite, but I think I was born into this body for the first time ever and that I have to grow just like plants grow. If you, like you imagine uh, if you started a garden and, every, and you just left it and you come back 100 years later, imagine how much larger everything would just be. It would just keep growing. I, that's what we are. So yeah. when I start to understand how nature actually operates and that it's the darkness and the cold that keeps these plants from growing, then I look at the trauma, even though the trauma slingshotted me to where I am, if I didn't need that because we were living in a loving society that was tailored around helping and growing, then we would have... we couldn't even imagine the possibility of where we would be in 100 years. Uh, it would be a golden age very quickly if we all just had the conscious awareness that uh, the people in this community are having, that we would just, all of a sudden, it would just breed these geniuses that are working on things to entrap us, would unknowingly doing it, they would be working on things to make us better. And it would just grow exponentially very quickly. And we wouldn't need, it would look like, quote unquote, Tartaria, how we had all that old world architecture very quickly happen in a, uh, in a relatively short period of time, not long ago, with all these cymatics and free energy and possibly flying vehicles and, and healing in churches and, and all of that. It's very possible if we are all starting from a place of love and understanding and are tailored to grow spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and not have to worry about all this trauma that we got off of us because the trauma isn't necessary for everybody. I mean, mm. everybody knows that one religious person, I'll, I'll say religious, but they don't even have to be religious, that is super kind and super happy and has been that way their entire life and has never really gone through anything. Uh, and they didn't need the darkness to get to where they are. And I think that those who have really project that onto everybody else, they project their own perspective and say, no, everyone needs to go through darkness to get to the light. But uh, in my understanding, it's not actually necessary. So, OK, let's play with this idea off of that. Um, my wife has been looking into a lot of stuff about generational healing and stuff like that. And she's looking back in her timeline to family, you know, 
her family tree and everything. And she's finding amazing connections and where certain themes clearly must have started in her family line. And every generation has these same characteristics and these things happen, these events, these certain traumas and everything. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so let's extrapolate that further. And this is also to bring up Randall Carlson again. It's interesting because I originally had this idea from something he talked about. Uh, I'll quickly talk about that. He put this out on Halloween, I think last year, the year before, and he was using all of the knowledge that he's had from, you know, learning symbolism and ancient history and all of his, uh, his work with comet comets and, and planetary impact and all that. He sufficed basically with a lot of amazing examples that Halloween around the world, depend no matter what they call it seems to be with all the different symbolism, this day of remembrance for when we lost everybody and this moment in time that whether we consciously remember it or not on a subconscious level we went through a worldwide or at least maybe a, a hemispheric trauma that affected everybody and imagine the ripples the emotional ripples the 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 lifestyles the everything that you learn from a massive trauma like an an impact or a this or a that that destroyes everything 911 yes yeah, exactly more recently of more, course uh, on a more grand scale too what so are you just, saying right so so and that's interesting too because we can go into the possible uh controlled man-made versions of this mentality uh uh chain reaction versus the natural ones or maybe they weren't who knows but mm -hmm. what i'm saying is this trauma can send ripples through time and affect yeah. everything so man this is interesting because so maybe it isn't necessary but even naturally, possibly, the situation was forced on us. Right. That we are all having to go into that darkness and that shadow work and that history, that dark, right. uh, you know, hypnotic regression about our whole society, all of us together as a family and what we went through. Yeah. And it's interesting. Let me go further to connect it even to Box Saga a bit, because often all the devil words the the horns the the all of that seems to come from these old arctic cultures that we talk about with roots of creation and even we've talked about it with dan on worship uh the last time about how the fall seems to also in could also involve this mixing of these two uh, you know this this group think about the group that wasn't wiped out from that ice age think about the group this this saga that the saga talks about that was trapped surviving in these harsh cold awful underground subterranean in most cases conditions for hypothetically the saga says thousands of years so what kind of trauma did that group also bring with them mm -hmm. into the rest of the world after that point in time you know, yeah. that's an interesting point, too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great point, uh, what you said with the ancestral stuff, because it is it's always repeating until it gets to where we are and we're until the ones we that have out. to transmute it. Yeah. Damn and, right. 
And, and what's going to happen now is that our children are going to grow up better and then their children and then their children. And we're not placing all of that negativity on them. We're teaching them how to start civilization, how to live life. So it's uh, when you start to understand it, like you just said, when you're studying your uh, ancestral stuff and you're realizing that you're you're transmuting stuff that isn't your own doing that mm. you're put in situations and this goes back to how the seraphim are the ones that weave the dna strands it's the coming together and falling apart the coming together and falling apart and that you don't have to deal with your own responsibility if you do certain things for this matrix system that the DNA can be weaved in your favor to where it's going to affect, you can put the blame on your great-great-grandchild and everybody else commits to it, and then it goes to that person, and then you just uh, you kill them in a sacrifice. You put <laughs> all of it on there. I, that's really what happens when, when we have this uh, incest that goes on uh, between these people and they sacrifice their children. I mean, that's what it's really all about is clearing up the, the karmic debt all in one or two uh, kids. So there's a lot of different ways that they do that through the satanic stuff, through the Luciferian stuff or whatever. But it's all giving over to the seraphim what the what helps the seraphim so that you can do what you want to do without facing the repercussions. And the man-made thing, like you're saying, that something came in here and it forced us, forced this to happen. And what it is, is the parasites. It's this parasitic class. It is the uh, demons, because parasites are demons. If you look at the characteristics of the both of them, that it's exactly the same. So I think the parasites are the physical representation of demons uh, just the way we're the physical representation of God. Mm. So there's when we start to understand that it's all inside of us, you know, we spiritually know this, that everything's inside of us. We're the only one here. But when we actually clean out our entire being, when enough of us anyway, the chosen, the elect, whatever the name is, clean out our vessels fully, then all the parasites die and there's no more having to transmute. Well, I mean, once we finish transmuting the stuff, right. once we figure it all out, then we do away with all that completely. So this is interesting too. Uh, you could say that right now we have to deal with light and dark, right? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting also to point out that we have been in the age of Pisces, which I love seeing the representation of Pisces in the yin yang. And this idea of the two fish being, you know, equal opposites, um, a lot of stuff we can go into in that direction. But just the idea that right now we're in that dualistic uh, mentality because we're still dealing with all that old trauma. And perhaps that's some hope for people that eventually um, it doesn't have to be that way. And I'm, I guess I'm speaking from the heart here because for a long time. I've been one of those people that have constantly felt like balance is the be all and end all to everything that the light and dark balanced. It's, 
man, if it is a psyop, not a psyop, but if it's if it's what we're being drawn towards on purpose, perhaps in some cases, it, man, it's a good argument. Well, it's because yeah. the darkness—it's the best argument. The zero point. The, the, that's how the yeah. darkness will exist. Because if we only have light, then the darkness doesn't exist. So those who live in the darkness, they trick us into thinking that there has to be a balance between light and dark. But when you start to, and, and it's conspiracy theory and all, but when you start to look into the moon, the moon, I think, I really think that our sun is the lesser light that's talked about in the Bible and that there was a more large sun. a uh, It was more grand that went around the outer ring that is now frozen that we call Antarctica. I think that uh, it being called Tierra del Fuego in the 1500s is very significant and that dinosaurs and giants live down there. I think uh, of the Ottoman Empire and their logo with the the large sun and then the smaller uh, spherical object that's partially blocking it. I see that after I, I start to have this idea that, oh, yeah, there was a lo- very large sun on the outer ring. And then there was a smaller sun. So there was always light. But now we are given this false light, this uh, this moon that gives false light. And it's actually colder in the moonlight than it is in the shade. And if you take a, a microscope, the same way if you take a microscope from the sun and you can burn something. Well, if you take a microscope in the moonlight, it'll make it colder. So the moon is actually producing a cold light and, yeah, and it's not a reflection. Yeah. Cause if it was a reflection, it, it would still be war- It wouldn't be colder than the darkness. So mm. I think it's a very uh, fake object that is there. That is probably their home base. into some sense, I think maybe we did go to the moon, but it's, it within our atmosphere and it's not that far up and that we r- saw that it's a ship and that is when it was this takeover by the parasites because this, these parasites they broke in here I, I call them fallen angels uh so i actually i i know the demons are parasites but i think that the fallen angels are working in conjunction with the parasites with these mantids and graves that I was always abducted by them. Uh, it was always human military, which I think were the fallen angels or the Nazis, you know, you can, or the Nordics, if you want to call them that, or whatever the, these uh, space brothers they were called at one point. They're, they're <laughs> the fallen angels. And then you have the mantids, the grays, the insectoids, the spider beings that, that are talked about, the ant-like beings. I think they're the parasites. So it's like these insects slash amphibian beings in conjunction with these humans or they look and act as if they're human, they are the ones who are doing this. And it's because the, these fallen angels don't want to face judgment so that they let in something much more evil than they knew actually existed. They didn't know the magnitude that was coming. They thought there was good and bad where good and bad is subjective. It's a perspective thing. But good and evil is a morality thing that is judged by us in our consciousness. We all have this moral compass. And the law, man. Yeah. And they've made our moral compasses 
all out of whack. And we have to recalibrate that by going through the awakening process, the purifying process, getting rid of bad habits, and then reintegrating things. Like you, you were saying, you know, you're kind of merging things in a sense because I give up coffee and then I start to drink tea and it's kind of similar, but it's better for me. You know, I, I don't actually, I haven't switched that myself, but there are many yeah. in- instances where, yeah, Mimi does, but there's many instances like when I stopped smoking weed, then I had Delta eight and then I w- got off of Delta eight uh, with nothing because I was just weaning down. But there's always an alternative to the bad thing that we're doing. There's something slightly better for us. Mm, yeah. I like that. Hey, can you share screens on here? I've yeah, never yeah. Yeah. I want to so share if, if you, you put it up. Yeah. Then I, I can uh, put it up. So go ahead and do your thing and I'll throw it up on the screen. Oh, okay. So you want me to send it to you? No. If uh, do you have? I have a share a share button. Yeah, right yeah. Here. Okay. Use that, and then I'll have to put it on the screen. Though I'll. I'll oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. All right. Okay. Share this one. All right. Let's see. Oh. Do you see that news article? Surprise! Earth's atmosphere whoop, extends oh. far beyond the moon. Oh, surprise! <laughs> Yeah, so this is like a this I probably not the only source, but I remember seeing this a, a couple months back. And so <laughs> I immediately was like, "Oh, okay, so what are they trying to account for and make up for now?" Like yeah. suddenly now the earth's atmosphere just goes out way further than we thought it did. Yeah, you don't need to go through the radiation belt to get there. The radiation belt doesn't exist. It's the firmament. Well, maybe it is radiation. Maybe it's, but that's what stops us. Like I was saying, maybe it's we're cells and we can't leave this human body that mm-hmm. we're in. We we can't take it with us uh, in that way. So uh, I think that there may be some kind of radiation that, so I don't know that the firmament is like glass. I think Dude. that it's like energy. I will say that the reason, one of the many reasons why I'm st- I'm just willingly and openly on the fence about all of it is because I've seen the video footage of of uh, Project Fishbowl or Operation Fishbowl. That's some of the scariest shit I've ever seen. I haven't seen. seen the video evidence, dude. And I mean, of course, now I'll probably search for it and have a real hard time trying to find it, but. There I'll look on were, I guess. Yeah. So years ago, there was some video footage of it, and it just looks like fire covering the sky when it goes off. It's as if the as if the nuke hits something that can't it can't do anything about it, it can't get through or it's it's nuts. Well, it's I've gone through scary. it in my dreams. That's when I go <laughs> through it. Like I'll I'll be almost asleep, and someone will. Uh, bring me back to you know they'll wake me up and i'll be looking at the the firmament the the energetic uh boxes yeah the energetic grid and then i'll wake up and so it's imprinted in my memory because i was just staring at it with my third eye so Mm. like that's i've i know that there's a firmament Uh, now how it actually operates i think it's just an another energy level i think we're more dense we're too dense yes. to go out dude that's i, I was just going to say cuz we we're already talking about the fractal nature we're talking about mm-hmm. you know the uh the 
a, a bigger sun. We're talking about the the interplanetary inner, you know, the the objects that come through, how they could be on this grander scale of reality from mm -hmm. our perspective. It goes right along with all that, you know. Yeah. It just follows suit like that. It and makes have, a lot of sense. Have you heard about the uh, lakes underground that they yeah. they have submarines where they're under the water? And they run into something that they can't get through. It's yeah, it's dude. another layer under us. It's or maybe it's that same layer that we're talking about, but it's the energy that we can't get through. It could be like I was. This, I, I think someone space. put that video up with a quote on the screen. Yeah. Like, is this the bottom of the firmament? You know, like yeah, maybe it could well, be. Or it's, yeah. or it's the top of our sky. Either one. I, <laughs> I, did you see that movie? As above, so below. It's uh, no. it's a it's a diamond in the rough because it's it's one of a billion found footage horror films that's you know they're mostly garbage. This one not only for horror fans it was like legit really good horror but also it was very religious and and intense in the spiritual sense and mm -hmm. they didn't phone it in when it came to like some really deep metaphors about shit and the very end they're about to get mauled by god knows what in the darkness of these underground catacombs and they finally are able to pry open this this hole in the ground and once they finally do or no, they have to push it down. They're pushing it down against the ground and it's it's pushing through and they're pushing through. And finally, what happens is they come up out of a manhole. Uh, it was yeah. just, I love the visual. I love, I thought the metaphor was perfect. Like um, when you I, dig a hole to China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah, those pools at the very bottom of the ocean are very weird. And they mm -hmm. found those in the deepest parts of the ocean. Yeah. It's not just randomly. It's at the Marianas Trench and in other areas that are seven, eight miles down. It's nuts. Yeah. And it's very creepy to see that because it's, it's similar to the fishbowl footage it's like well why can they not descend further they're a powered machine that is not able to pass through this liquid form and we're not talking the great salt lakes that you know things will slowly drown you know it's mm -hmm. nuts it doesn't look real but yeah. yeah that the operation fishbowl footage keeps me on edge along with the go fast rocket footage i'm sure yeah you've seen when that it one. hits yeah hits this firmament then it's just like floating in no man's land now i don't know if there's like an official i like to say excuse but i'm not sure if there's an official explanation for what happened i'm sure maybe someone would say oh yeah that's when the fuel cut off and <laughs> right. the rocket couldn't go anymore and the air was so thin there was hear no the dink. inertia the to keep it going it <laughs> Yeah, But I mean, granted, the problem is a lot of times I feel like even on the hardcore flat earth side, I don't know. I, I don't know how you take this, but I feel like we still have to, we can't just throw out as reasons or answers, these things that already that I know we don't buy them, but they do have official excuses for, you know, like the go fast rocket. I don't know what the official story for that is. And there probably is one. We can discount it. We can say it's full of shit, but I'd like to know it. Yeah. And I'd like to know who said it, who came up with it. Right. Was it just the amateur on the ground that launched the rocket? The, who is telling us right. why this isn't important footage? 
You know right. what I mean? Say the, maybe that's a general statement. I would like to be skeptical, yeah. not for the sake of skeptic, you know, being skeptical, right. but to get to the bottom of it. Cause a lot of times in our community, we love to assume one thing right. and run wild. As long as it's the opposite of the mainstream narrative. Yes. Especially. And a lot of times we're right. I'll give us that. We're right that there's something fishy, but we never really come up with the right answer. Yeah. You know how (laughs) I like to say that, like, you know, when I'm tripping and, you know, you're talking about the trip itself, but you realize you're actually talking about life and you can't name it. You can't see it. You can't say it. You can describe it. And it's the same thing with this, with all the conspiracy stuff. Something's fucky, but we never have the right amount of information to really know. Like, yeah, yeah, I've seen the ice wall footage. It looks like an ice wall, but right. it also would be described as a wall looking thing if it was just a giant continent with a ton of ice on it. Yeah, you know I don't I mean? think it's an ice wall. Like I said, I, I think know. that, oh, well, I think there's a giant patch of ice in a circle around us because, like I said, the larger sun isn't there anymore. So, absolutely. And so I think that's frozen. a very good. I think the reasoning is pretty good on the, you know, the flat earth or whatever you want to call that side of the argument. There's a lot there to explore. Yeah. But I don't like, and this is just a random tangent, I guess. I just don't like, I'm on my soapbox. (laughs) I don't like when I see 30 seconds of the Antarctic coast. Right. Where replace the, the, the ice with sand and it looks just like any other quote unquote continent. So it's like until we can have multiple battery packs on that camera and I can have a continuous footage for three days straight when their boat is forced to like, you know, this thing is stretching and and interacting with continents geographically that it shouldn't. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. There has to be some way to physically get out there and go, oh, wait, it's oh, it stops. Oh, it starts going this way. Oh, let's fall. Oh, shit. It seems to be a enclosed continent you know or not but Mm -hmm. until then it's it's a shoreline it ain't an ice wall yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's just a high thing of ice i mean it is a a wall of ice it doesn't mean it's the firmament though yeah that that's the problem i hate when see it's like no no no. i don't see because national geographic aired this they're showing a quote-unquote ice wall too you know Yeah, Maybe that's they, just random. But the, the only thing with me is I just say, because no one will disagree with this, that observational science tells us that we live on a flat surface. Uh, I, I mean, that's what the flat earthers are all about is observational science that you can do these practices at home and you can test it. And, mm-hmm. and they're 100% correct. And you can get a camera and zoom in and you can see things further than you're supposed to be. You can discount uh snipers accounting for the curvature of the earth because they're just accounting for the curvature of light because light bends Mm -hmm. there's different things that uh i can really understand that it's it's observational science i can see that the sun's moving i can see the stars are moving and if we were on the outside of a ball spinning there's no way that the sky would be the clock that it is for us yeah because stars are in the same place the same day year after year decade after decade season after season yeah it's on a set thing and there would be stars that we have never seen before that would be under us if we were 
I mean, so there's a couple weird things, but it's really to me, I I've never seen the outside of it, and I honestly don't think that we could. But I think that it's all projection that's on there. So I think right. that if you were to take a picture of an area that no matter what the, uh, you know, some people say that if you do it with a circular camera, that it'll appear to be circular. Like, yeah, that's true. But if you just take a picture with a square camera and then you go and crop it and you just cut out parts of it, you're never going to get the full thing on it because we can't get high enough to see the full thing. So then you just have to go off of observational science. It's the only thing that you can actually go off of. And observational science tells us that it's flat. So so let me ask you this. Have you had a chance to talk to any like really in-depth professional astrology people um, and ask them about that? Because I hear that all the time. Like, hey, the, the sky would not be like this if we're, you know, and but of course we have a whole line of like really intelligent people even in our community that aren't flat earthers that are very attuned and intelligent when it comes to astrology i'm curious do you know what the the ins and outs of that argument is like the back and forth because that's that would be something i would really like to hear mm. and i think we are about to have a flat earth round earth debate on legit bat i think next week or something like that i'll let everybody know um. but it might be good if I can get somebody on there that is really well adapted to astrology, but also doesn't buy flat earth. I would think that would be, that might be a good area to, to tear yeah. apart and go into yeah. more, you know, because like there's a number of people I could point to that I have trusted a lot with their astronaut astrological information, like uh, just to shamelessly plug David Matheson. I really yeah, he's enjoy great his intense intelligence about this topic. I don't, I don't think he subscribes to a flat earth at all. And I'd be very curious what his answer would be to flat earthers saying the sky would not be like this. It wouldn't be the clock that it is. Where's the contention. That's yeah. what I'm wondering. And I'm wondering, I doubt that that would solve anything. I yeah. doubt, I bet it would, it would raise about six more questions and bring up hmm. uh, a bunch of other arguments that we didn't know were there, you know, right. like, Oh, well, that's because those kinds of astrologers, uh, they believe that, you know, I don't yeah. know. We got yeah, it. It hasn't like been sussed a few out of them. This is yeah. also observational science, you know? Yeah. So because observational science to me says that from our perspective, we can't tell the shape of the earth. Not that yeah. it's flat. Because mm -hmm. I think observational science, it's also important to acknowledge, you know, the whole we know nothing thing. You have yeah. to trace back and, and accept that your surroundings, your physical surroundings are probably telling you that too, right? You know? Because deep down the spiritual message is, Hey, you don't know anything. Calm it down. And, and it doesn't matter. One. Right. So on the physical level, the world is probably also saying, Hey, take a wild guess, but you don't get to know from your perspective. Right. Yeah. That conundrum. Yeah. That's what I meant. That observational science only allows us to see it as flat. Yes. Absolutely. There's, and and rendering. There's no other possibility that it, just on the other side, when you zoom in, then there's more. But it's it's rendering. It's uh, quantum physics. It's moving so quickly that it's not there to us until we go look at it. So, right. And you can only see it flat. So. 
And of I course, also... there's a lot of great work from flat earthers on the angular perspective, uh, perception on yeah. the, uh, the human eye and everything and how it doesn't have to be a horizon. They've done lab studies and, and things where they've shown that that happens to eyesight over distance. Yeah. So yeah, like, like I said, a lot still needs to be sussed out. Right. And I think, um, everything becomes circular. Ryan Zem, I had him on episode 52 of, uh, my podcast and he's actually trekking to the North pole right now by freight. Right. Uh, so he said, and he came up with this, uh, that there's horizontal refraction. If you look up into uh, the sky, that everything will appear to be round because of the refraction from the lighting. Well, also the reverse is true. If you're to go all the way up, if you're to continue to go all the way up and look down, that eventually everything would be rounded off. And it doesn't have anything to do with the human eye. It just has to do with how sight works in general. It could be a camera would do this that it's uh what do you call it do you remember oh i i can find it for you my nose. ocular yeah. something no no, no. Some sort of i think it might be horizontal refraction i think i might have said yeah. the wrong thing the first time but but he he deemed it something he had physicists uh look at this and they became flat earthers oh, right shit. away after it uh because yeah it's uh, creepy, man. Yeah, everything eventually just rounds off. That's just how we so see everything. Light bends. Right. That's how it works. Astronomical mm-hmm. refraction, terrestrial refraction, right. and then the horizontal. Yeah. Refraction. So the first two that she said, they're they're the ones that that are scientifically uh, accepted, and the horizontal refraction is the one that he found, and then he he's this crazy mathematician uh, and physicist, self-taught, who then sent us out to someone in brazil and someone in germany and they checked his work and said it's accurate and they became flat earthers because of that's it. nuts that's like um some google earth high up guy left google and is now yeah a flat i just earther. saw that today yeah yeah i saw it uh, like a year ago too so i mean that's oh, yeah. a, it's not a new story i i don't know the guy's name but i don't know is it a psyop who fucking knows but like yeah. you know it is interesting to even hear the truther conspiracy community that doesn't buy flat earth still using like referencing the flat earth society in their insults and comments about it and a lot of times they don't even realize that they that they're describing like a known psyop Mm -hmm. that like the flat earth society that has literal tax write-offs and it's like a church like that is a real problem because what they have as their images still to this day are the floating disc in space, like the old silliness. Oh, and wow. That's what that they, show. so you yeah. see a lot of like the hard hitting flat earth stuff that like, even I will be like, Holy shit. Yeah. Like all the quotes that they have, right. The Flat Earth Society will take all that hard-hitting, those hard-hitting quotes and just slap them on this old, obviously bogus Earth stuff. I'm behind that 100%. I've seen it. I see it everywhere, especially it's on TikTok more than anything. Oh, yeah. You cannot get a lot of, like, at least controversial Flat Earth shit on there. You can, I'm sure. But for the most part, it's all hashtag Flat Earth Society and they're showing (laughs) fucking flying discs. And stuff it's it's pretty pretty wow. intense yeah it's uh, to me the planets 
what they are are they're the seven main transgressors as described in the book of enoch they're fallen angels that they're locked in chains uh for ten thousand years made to worship the sun and they're just you know they're orbiting the sun Uh, so it, it says it in different words and when we look at words instead of the energy behind the words we we get confused about things but it's been described that that's what they are and why they affect us in the same way and nomad uh just said soul lure system uh which i love that uh, because they're luring souls here but uh the way that the energies affect us when we're born and all that is because we're taking on that ancestral trauma because they are our Mm. ancestors and Mm. however it aligns we take on pieces of them because the seraphim weaved it into our dna because of when and where we are born at a certain time and location so uh, it is god is in a triangle above everything then there's a space the abyss which that that is what we call space where we they're they are uh, worshiping the sun they are in orbit around the sun and then there's the bottom of a pyramid where a trapezoid it would be because it's a flat top that exists and then inside of that is a rounded top where we are inside of so mm. that's what I, all the things that i've seen in all of my different meditations psychedelic trips going to sleep and remembering you know and like being woken up right away between all of those different things that is all the information that i gathered and also the visions i had while reading the book of enoch were super intense and and his describing the shape of the earth when he was taken outside of it you know when you described your dream process of like breaking through the firmament uh i wanted to ask you does it is it really noticeable? Do you ever break through and it's like um, there's friction or there's like, is there a moment there that's that's uh, unique when you get when you break through it? No, no, you no? just okay. you just go through and and once I go through, I don't I can't I don't know you know there's nothing I can bring back. It's like when I'm I see it and then I go through it and then that's it. I'm just okay. I'm gone. So check it out. It brought to mind the sensation that I've received in my body uh, doing dimethyltryptamine. Where and a lot of people, you can look it up. How a lot of people describe a high pitched sound, uh, a static thing, oh, yeah. or whatever. Sounds like uh, taking off. Uh, take yes, off. it does, and it feels like you have to literally break through something. It mm-hmm. feels that way. And they, we always reference that. We say, well, when I broke through, you know, right. uh, and it just reminded me because we were talking about how, you know, the fractal nature of the shape of things and how, you know, it's like another body, you know. Mm-hmm. So it could be, you know, the DMT is sending you out of your firmament or something like that. You know, it's on a lower scale. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Just random. Yeah. No, uh, that's interesting. We've covered quite a bit of, uh, of stuff today we definitely focus in on some flat earth stuff but i think it's <laughs> yeah. it's on my mind because i'm i got that debate coming up which i am remaining impartial i will be the one making sure no one's full of shit oh you're least, so you're gonna be uh running the show no i'm not running it but i'm gonna self-proclaim <laughs> i'm gonna <laughs> tell tell legit bat like i want to be involved in the moderation process and i would like maybe have a big uh 
you know, a, a dry erase board behind me or something like, well, let's go back to the board here because 15 minutes ago, you said <laughs> it never happens in debates. It needs to happen. That's why debates are usually just for fucking show. Yeah. Yeah. Debates are tough. I'm going to, uh, before we hang up here, I'm trying to pull up this photo. Let's see if it'll, uh, you can't see it. Uh, I was, I have a photo of the grid. I feel it. Uh, and you can't see it on the computer. I have it on my phone here, but uh, I'm not going to be able to bring screen? it up. I can share it, but you can't. You can't see it. Uh, yeah, not oh, as well okay. as you can on the phone. Yeah, I mean, I well, do. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's like... I don't think that you'll be able to see it. So let's see. I'll share. Hold on a sec. Let me let me pull it up. Uh, let's see. We'll do. I guess it's this. So. Is it? Yeah, you're not going to be able to see it. I don't know. I um, I don't see anything. I, yeah, do you see that? Welcome to India Mound. Is that up? No. Oh, that's oh, not no. even the right screen that I'm sharing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. I see that's... blackness. Is that what I'm supposed to see? <laughs> well, kind More of. More of a spiritual <laughs> question, son. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's see. What was just happening? Why didn't that work? I don't know. Uh, all right, I'll just share my entire screen then. Let's do that. That works. That's what I had to do, too. Definitely different than Zoom. Why nope, is, definitely not working. Why is it not working? Okay, here we go. Share. Okay. Let me pull this up. Yeah, it's... I don't know. Can you see that? I mean, I can uh, see the black screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like when I tried to show the UFO I caught on my phone. Uh, it's, it's... Yeah, they're like... You gotta nope. be looking at my phone screen like three inches away to make up the pixels, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it is, the, the pixelations. But, well, I mean, I, you, I man, do I've have seen some good photos of it, but... I'll tell you this. I didn't... With this mind, again, I, I say it often that I'm kind of teetering on the edge of trying psychedelics again maybe like one last hurrah of some kind to go back and say goodbye but oh, uh nice. i will say that i would like to also be thinking of this when i try it again because i wasn't thinking of firmaments or anything like that when i used to look up at the stars on mushrooms or acid right. and all of a sudden the stars suddenly like the the lights coming off of them started to not be lights they were connecting lines and all of a sudden all the stars were like ceiling tiles with mm. little bit with a tiny bit of light creeping out of all the Just corners like we were talking about earlier with the little points and the lines right yeah that was a big yeah. thing after i came out of a lot of my psychedelic trips i would take black construction paper and jab a bunch of holes in it and hold it up to a light and <laughs> and, and be like see friends this is what it looked like <laughs> these are these are us every one of those is us okay and you take the fucking illusion away <laughs> And there's God. <laughs> and everyone like, will be like, uh, you took too much acid. None <laughs> of that's right. All of it's silly. I giggled for eight hours. I don't know what you're talking about. That's someone else I know when they came out of a uh, a trip, they were like, I have to explain it to you. It's like everything is matter, but nothing matters. <laughs> nothing matters, but it, it it's all matter though. <laughs> yeah, that was like the very that was like one of the most important statements that came out of my very first trip ever was yeah. mind over matter. Oh my god, that's not just a saying like that has so mind much weight to matter. it yes <laughs> yeah it's, it's wild it is all like mind over matter here. folks 
It is and out it, there. And it all yeah. matters, but none of but it, it doesn't matters. matter. It doesn't but matter what matters. shape the earth is, but I guess it matters, but it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's the paradox. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, but I that's think something that's... to continue for the, sure the next time, because that paradox <laughs> is so real and so natural, yet we are kind of fighting against that idea of balance being a natural state. So maybe we can explore that further the next time. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so do you want to tell the people where they can find you? Yeah. You can find me at the deep share on Twitter and follow my rantings on there and the deep share podcast on Instagram, where I do most of my social media stuff. Uh, my podcast is on YouTube and Odyssey and soon to be Rockfin with a Patreon coming with all kinds of cool stuff. Nice. So yeah, that's me. All right. And you guys can find You can see back here. I got the little board. It says Godcast the goodness over darkness podcast. Uh, you know, and all the stuff's in the description. And I actually have Mimi's stuff in the description. Finally, That's right. all of her stuff. So, Oh, and I might as well announce too that, you know, you've inspired, you've inspired us guys. And I finally got Kate on board to, to do a show with me. And it's, it's going to be a a Patreon show called either deep healing or healing deep. We haven't decided yet, but it's going to be kind of like a spinoff of the deep share, but me and her talk about our personal healing processes and what we've been through and what we're still working through kind of a open book approach, you know, hope, hoping it'll inspire people. Oh, wow. Like That's it. awesome. I'm glad that we were able to uh, like inspire it. you guys. Hell yeah, man. You did. And I appreciate yeah. both of you. Deep healing. I like it. Maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe eventually, maybe when I do have the uh, the balls to uh, <laughs> to uh, tell my story one day, deep healing would be the, the place to go for that. Well, I yeah. Mean, and maybe eventually have we can have some it. guests. And maybe eventually we can have some guests, you know, who knows. But yeah, yeah it's just the beginning. And and I've been reluctant about charging money for anything, to be honest. And, and I just wanted to, I want to establish myself in this community as something mm-hmm. viable. And I want more time to put into this because I wish I had found this years ago, man, because I should have been doing this a long time ago. And I reach back into my childhood and there's videotapes of me and my friends and audio tapes pretending to have our own radio shows constantly. And I've heard my (laughs) wife say too many times that, you know, they say that you got to look back and find what you really love doing as like a little kid. And, and that's what you were probably meant to do and all that. And I just wish I had been doing it earlier, but I'm happy to be doing it now. And I just want to be able to do it more. And honestly, I want to try to make some money off of this so I can reduce how much I work for other people, for other other people's goals. And that's as humble as I can get. I'm asking for money. Yeah. (laughs) At the end of the day, it is what it is, but I'm just trying to make something out of it. Yeah. We had a commenter here. Justin Mikey said, that's so neat and awesome, Andy and y'all. Thanks, man. Back in the 80s, my my best friend's dad would have us go stand outside of like, you know, CVS or whatever with a camcorder and a microphone. And we would interview just people (laughs) old and young. And we'd be like, you know, do you think that rock and roll leads to devil worshiping? What do you think about the... Oh, yeah, you uh, told me about this. Yeah, what do you think about immigration at the border? Like, it, it was like the same stuff we kind of talk about now, but like, you know, so but cool. back then, yeah. so... And I always wanted to do sports yeah. broadcasting when I was oh, growing shit. up. Yeah, dude, I was always was trying fun. to make movies. <laughs> dude, okay, how about this? My my non-claim to fame. I have to find it. 
total non-claim to fame was years before scary movie was ever a thing. My friends were trying to keep up with me, but no one was a good enough actor. <laughs> and uh, I had a movie that I was making called Wall Running from the Blair Witch on Friday the 13th. Scream because I know what you did last Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, I was a teenage, I was an idiot, you know, but it was. Oh, well, hey, they probably uh, stole your idea. They did, you know. Because they got put in the atmosphere, got put in the 40 exactly. realm, and then they, they made it into fruition. Dude, I have thought about that way too many times. Like, I heard that in the movie Waking Life, like, two decades ago. The idea of as soon as thoughts are out there, you know, suddenly you see innovations popping up unconnected to you know disconnected from each other at the same time around the world well it's actually out there in my what? experience it's not disconnected that someone is siphoning us right. off when we go to sleep that oh. that's a whole thing i don't want to get into <laughs> you take yeah well at least a g general perspective on yeah. it just the idea it that seems it like it's unconnected yeah right it seems like it but it's you know it's all there for us to grab at you know it's right fucking mind-blowing but yeah. but yeah all right this well this been was awesome yeah, this has been so much fun. So uh, we'll say goodbye to our audience. Goodbye, everybody. We'll talk Thanks to you later. Make sure you, yeah, later. like, share, comment, subscribe on both of our stuff and all yeah. of our stuff. Thank you for stopping by. Love you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.